people, welcome to Hot Topic, uh, I'm Pete G, and this week, well, once again, um, in conjunction with the uh, nice people at the Armstrong Motor Group in Wellington, uh, this week we are having a look at the Volvo XC90, another um, SUV, we seem to be collecting SUVs on this program, I think it's probably about time that we actually found a car, and I, I think maybe next time we will, um, because um, Armstrongs do have a, a selection, a good selection of cars and um, and SUVs, so I think it would be fair enough that we that we do devote a bit of time uh, to a car, maybe next time. So anyway, the XC90, another SUV, and um, I might say um, you could get a bit blasé and say that we're getting a bit over-subscribed with SUVs, and I must admit I have never, ever previously given much attention to them, from my own personal point of view, an SUV wouldn't particularly fit my lifestyle. But however, having had an opportunity to look at a good selection of them, um, I must admit they do have advantages, and um, and not the least of which, and we certainly found that with this car, is that they are a very, very pleasant car to drive. They give you that feeling of confidence, um, stability on the road, uh, they ha they handle mostly exceptionally well, um, and some of them, are not this one, but some of them have the extra attributes of being able to set up suspension so that you can go from a normal um, sedate sort of quiet um, sort of driveline to a more sporting mode where you stiffen up your, your shocks and everything and um, you can go and get a little bit... Um, expensive in, in the sort of driving that you want to do but for my bet um, this particular car seems to fit all the boxes from the um, the uh, creature comforts internally it's rather nicely laid out actually you've got a leather trim uh, right across the dash um, across the, the dashboard the top of the dash the top of the seats oh sorry the um, the doors um, and of course the seats are all are very nicely upholstered uh, this particular car is a seven seater and one of the things we found which is a really really very interesting little trick is that the, in the middle of the main back seat there's a bolster seat um, arrangement for a, um, a child probably from the age of about sort of maybe eight or nine up that he can sit on a slightly elevated plane so he can actually see out the window um, because he's he's raised above the level of the of the seats adjoining and so it that folds away when you don't need it yeah well as Digby says it folds away neatly uh, when you're not needing it and so um, very unobtrusive actually as regards to the uh, creature comforts, um, there's a company uh, called um, Bowers and Wilkins that seem to provide all the sound equipment in this car. And in fact, on all the doors, um, there's aluminium, brushed aluminium panels with speakers in them uh, with Bowers and Wilkins' name embellished all over it. Frankly, I don't like that. I think that's a bit of a... Um, 
sort of unnecessary thing. I've never seen it before, um, but I'm sure, in fact, I wouldn't be at all surprised going back in the days of, um, I had something to do with BMW, the Blankport um, uh, German uh, sound people used to put their name everywhere as well, so maybe it's not that uncommon to do that. However, um, getting to the um, the back of the car with, of course, the the two fold-down seats for the extra passengers in the back, as you'd expect, the load area in the car is really quite enormous, actually. Um, plenty of room for going on holiday, no matter how many people you took with you. Um, so that that was um, that was really good. As regards to the rest of the car, um, this particular one had a sunroof, and um, and that's maybe not that well suited to Wellington's climate. But on a good day, I'm sure it would be an extra attribute to be able to wander around Oriental Bay uh, with the sunroof exposed and get a few extra ultraviolets. From a driving point of view, I found that it was very, very smooth. Gear changing was absolutely effortless. In fact, um, if you didn't actually um, watch what was going on on the gauges or, in fact, the he very nice heads-up display on the windscreen that told you what was actually going on, you'd swear this car was almost um, like an electric car. It, didn't, it seemed to be seamless in the way it changed gears. It was very, very very um, interesting and very very pleasant experience actually um, all up I found the car um, maybe a little bit different to me when you're standing alongside the car I'm just under six foot I felt like a midget and when you look at the wheels which are 21 inch wheels they give you the impression that this car is actually bigger than a car in fact almost um, to truck proportions when you're standing alongside it. I, I don't, would imagine you'd have to stand on a step ladder to actually wash it, to wash the roof properly, but um, however, I'm sure most of these cars, all, uh, the SUVs all fit in, the, in a similar category. Um, it's 1.7 metres high, so it's just a wee bit short of your total height. Wee bit short, is it? Wee bit, not much. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there we are. Um, well, there we are. Digby says it's about roughly almost the same height as me. So once again, I still reiterate, you'd be having to stand on the door wells in order to wash the yes. um, uh, wash the roof um, if, in fact, you didn't have a convenient stepladder alongside where you were. Um I didn't like the colour. This particular one was a dark blue. They do have uh, quite a colour range uh, with with the um, the selection, and so um, there were cars in the showroom that I would have chosen over this particular one. Um, but however, um, notwithstanding that, I found that it was a very very pleasant car to drive. Um, and as Digby will tell you when he gets into the ins and outs of the test. In a testing drive that he did um, this car seemed to handle his hairpin test exceedingly well so um, yeah it was rock solid it didn't um, didn't give you any um, moments of feeling unsure about what it was doing and it, it made me feel very safe um, price wise it's it's not cheap um, Digby's just 
having a, uh, just explaining to me uh, the one of the things I missed was the the dash layout, which compared to some of the other cars that we've looked at was exceedingly easy to operate. Um, it was it made sense the way it was laid out, and and it was very very easy to find everything from the GPS to the sound system to the heating, everything had a master reset switch that put you back onto the main menu. And you went from there. So from that point of view, I think it's probably the easiest car that we've come across yet to operate by quite a long way, actually. So that was a huge big plus. Um, yes, yeah, so from my perspective, I like the car. $118,000 is not cheap. But I think um, value for money, I I definitely think it's worth it. So, saying that, I will hand you over to Digby. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Um, many people say that the price of it is its major advantage because it is cheaper than its competitors. And I know 118000 is a lot of money, but if you're buying an Audi or a Mercedes of comparable um, quality, you're going to pay a lot more. Um, I have a friend who's bought one of these recently, uh, his, his is a diesel, and he's given me lifts in it a few times and engraves on it. And this guy really knows his cars, has, has a lot of cars, and drives many, drives many different kinds, and he's very keen on this car. Um, and so I sent him, he's in Germany at the moment, so I sent him a text, so, you know, what are the reasons you like it? And uh, one of the th reasons was that it's a Volvo, um, rather than, you know, he, he also owns other cars, German cars, um, or European cars, should I say. But he likes the fact that it's evolved because it's safe and it's practical, and um, he, he likes the brand. And many Wellington people do like the brand. Uh, many years ago, they had a Wellington street, case called the, uh, street race called the Nissan Mobile 500, and the first of them was won by a Volvo, and um, it was one of those... Volvo taxi looking cars but turbocharged prepared by Mark Pitch and Robbie Francovich won that race much to everyone's surprise you know, against the, the Falcons and the BMWs and the Holden Commodores Peter Brock, Dick Johnson and so on so this Volvo was turbocharged which was pretty unusual way back then say 30 years ago and so everybody still talks no, many people still talk about Volvo winning the Wellington Street race. That what was a, a car they called the Flying Brick. That's right. <laughs> and that was a good comment on its styling. Now, the styling of this car, Peter, is, um, well, I think it's, you know, quite pleasant. But worldwide, look, by, judging by the reviews I've read, everybody thinks the styling's really good, which is amazing because it's seven years old. Um, but, of course, every year it gets a bit better. Now, the motor on this one... Um, it's supercharged and turbocharged, so instead of waiting for the turbocharger to spool up, the supercharger works immediately from any revs at all. Um, so it's quite an urgent car for a 2 litre, but it is 300 horsepower, 220 kilowatts, so it's no slug. Um, it's not a, not a light car, um, but it's lighter than the um, EV cars, the electric cars we've been driving. Um, it's four-wheel drive. And it's a two-litre motor putting out a lot of horsepower. And uh, under the bonnet, um, it's uh, covered with, you know, plastic like they all are. So you, you can't see much going. It's got a huge damper 
a chassis to motor damper there, but probably to smooth out the the inherent roughness of a four-cylinder motor, though we didn't notice any of that at all. Now Volvo were a Swedish manufacturer, and they've been known for their safety, and the the beauty of Volvo's main claim to fame has been their safety. Now they were recently taken over by a Chinese company, and the manufacturer of this car did start did no it it transferred to China for a while, but now they are all made in Scandinavia, which probably helps the brand. You know, part of that Scandinavian experience. The other thing is that the the B and W speakers that Peter was talking so rudely talked about, B and W are one of the major British speaker brands, and and the the brushed element also the aluminium speaker grill covers with their name on, is not that unusual at all, Peter. Um, you know all the Bose, the Harmacar, they all have their names on them. You may not have noticed, and the centre speaker here is to focus the vocals, and it's sitting in the dash like a looks like the end of a filler shave, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, there are 18 speakers in this car. Now, we haven't tested it really to its maximum, but um, other reviewers around the world have said this is the best sound system they've ever heard in a car. Mm -hmm. So if you like your music in a car, that'd be good. A few other features that I liked, uh, you put your foot under the tailgate and it lifts up automatically, so if it's in the rain, you've got a whole lot of shopping bags, that's quite a nice feature. Um, the seven rows of seats so incredibly spacious and easy to you know collapse those seats to make a flat tray uh, that didn't take more than a while but what did take us a long time was opening the hood or the bonnet as we call it um, but uh, we solved that mystery after doing a bit of googling the uh, Corifor's crystal gear knobs a bit of a startling looking thing you know, some like a I don't know, like a Lalique or Schwarzkowski um, crystal little piece on the desk there, but it's a bit smart. It's got cubby holes everywhere. It's yeah. a big one here, Peter. The, you lift up somehow or other. There it is there. And it can take magazines and nice what. Yeah. You can charge your phone. There's a little um, non-slip panel here um, in the front. Um, so that will charge your phone. Um, you can charge all... Everybody in this car can charge their phones, the second row and the third row. Um, the trim, there's a beautiful wood trim on it, and I don't know what it is, but I can bet your bottom dollar it's not Rimu or Kauri, but it'll be something a bit exotic. Mm. Um, and, and it sort of permeates the whole area. We can slide that forward, and you see this yeah. beautiful, it's not a Venetian blind, it looks flat, but it's in tiny little sections of wood, all matched, and it slides backwards and forwards like a roll-top desk. I like that. Now, one of the things that I like doing is checking the handling of these cars. Now, this car doesn't have a sports option on the handling, and why would you? People aren't buying this car to, to take it on a racetrack. Um, but it's something I like doing. And so this particular hairpin that we throw it around, I put it in really hard and fed the power in, and much to my delight, the rear wheels stepped out a little bit, a little bit of wheel spin, not much, didn't deviate from where we intended to go at all. It was absolutely brilliant. Mm. And um, 
you don't need a sporting um, setting on this car. It's excellent. Anyway, I thought it was very quiet. It was nicely made. Um, I think the cabin styling is excellent. It might be old, but it's still beautiful. Um, and the textures, I thought, um, and most of them um, were up to Audi standard, who was supposed to be the best, although we did think the Mercedes the week before was better than the Audi. Mm. Um, but this, this is a nicely laid out thing. But as far as I'm concerned, the simplicity of operating it and having a return to the main menu button is marvellous because then the major functions are immediately in front of you and they're obvious what they are. You can also put your finger on the, which looks like a big iPhone, you can just slide the whole thing aside and then it will contain lots of other menus just like your iPhone has hundreds of apps. This has that too but by and large you don't see them because you're not watching them. Mm. The other thing I noticed that I rather liked was I was following a car and I got fairly close to it and the head-up display uh, warned me of that, saying you're too close. And uh, I thought, OK, bossy boots, I'll pull back. But anyway, Volvo, nice car. Thanks for taking me, Peter. Yeah, so um, I think we're in agreement. The, the car is really, really nicely appointed. A pleasure to drive, actually, as so many of these are. What I would, what I would really like, and and maybe at one stage we may be able to do this, is to actually do a decent drive somewhere, maybe over the Rumataka Hills, the Wairarapa, would would be really good um, to get it an indication of, because all our road tests are being done in a suburban uh, setting. If we were able to get out onto the the road and experience some of the extra attributes um, would would be really quite nice. So um, I think in future we we might have a look at um, at doing that. So um, once again, Digby, uh, thanks for your input. We didn't have um, Henry Bennett with us uh, this week, and um, actually for this car, we we didn't actually miss him because the technical aspects of this car were pretty obvious um, even to a couple of old fossils and um, there was there was nothing that we had to encounter um, that that phased us actually apart from the the hood release or the bonnet release and um, Google came to the fore with that so um, there you have it another really really nice car supplied as always uh, by the Armstrong Motor Group in Wellington, our thanks go out to them, and in a couple of weeks, um, it's a bit of a surprise to us actually, we're not quite sure uh, what they'll give us, uh, but we'll certainly look forward to it, and so that's our show for this week, we look forward to um, being back at the same time next week. <music>
Is made with assistance from New Zealand on air for radio broadcast, and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand on air.